What's up, teacher friend? Welcome to the Teacher's Lounge, where we talk all things teacher life. But most importantly, we connect. Connection is our superpower, and there is always, always, always a place for you here. Let's dive in. Have you ever wondered what the Enneagram is? What do people mean when they say wing when referring to themselves? Why people are so enthused by this seemingly simple yet so complex personality test or why they claim that it's changed their lives. Today, I'm so excited to chat with Abby from Enneagram Space on Instagram, an Enneagram teacher, speaker, and coach. Thank you so much for letting me borrow your brain today. Yeah, thank you for having me. This is really exciting. I guess we should start by uh, maybe diving into what is the Enneagram? Yeah. So the Enneagram is a personality system. It um, divides the human race into nine different personality types. And unlike other personality systems, your Enneagram type is based on your underlying motivation, not just your behavior. And so uh, the reason that is so helpful is that it really gives you a path towards growth, towards moving towards a more balanced version of yourself rather than trying to manage your behaviors. Um, When you have some awareness of why you do the things that you do, uh, there's a lot more insight you can gleam in in living more purposefully and wholeheartedly and taking care of yourself better rather than just trying to like manage bad behaviors or curb bad behaviors. And so um, it's a really, really helpful system in that way. Wow. That is, I, I was wondering what the difference was between the Enneagram and then like the EN, what is that one? The Myers-Briggs? Mm-hmm. Yep. Myers-Briggs. And they're all helpful. You know, they all have their place. I, you know, some people will say like Enneagram robust and that's not where I land. I think <laughs> any system that is increasing your awareness about yourself, giving you some better language to articulate who you are and how you show up in the world, it's all helpful. So I agree. So if someone is new to the Enneagram and they want to learn which type they are, how would you suggest they go about doing that? Yeah. So um, the best way to discern your type is to, um, instead of taking a test, I, there are lots of tests online. Um, tests are not very accurate because they are asking you questions about your behavior and your type is based on your underlying motivation. And so I really encourage people that um, to go through some process where they are narrowing it down. So one of the things that I have on my website, it's linked in my Instagram account, is a free self-typing guide. And in there, it'll have nine paragraphs that each represent one of the nine types. And from there, you kind of name which of those three paragraphs you resonate with most. And so that helps you to focus on those three numbers rather than all nine numbers. It kind of, you know, it can feel like a lot when you're trying to pay attention to all nine numbers. Um, But even if you take an assessment, I encourage you to do the same thing. You know, if it feels like I'm definitely taking a BuzzFeed quiz, um, (laughs) don't do that. There's other ones that are a little bit better than that. Um, But even still look at your top three results and really discern from there because you can look very similar to someone else that has a different type than you because your actions and behaviors are similar, but the reason that you're doing it is very different. And so um, using some form of a self-typing guide, like what's on my website or other resources to narrow it down. And then from there, um, immerse yourself in learning more about it. As you see more information, whether that is on simple things like an Instagram account that has some information about the types or reading literature or joining a workshop. Um, I have lots of people that will come through my virtual workshops to discern their type um, because it's, it is a lot easier to learn from a teacher and a coach that's talking through the types, but then also hearing people that 
are those Enneagram types talk about their experience and kind of breathing life into that rather than just reading information out of a book. Um, and so starting with narrowing it down and then further discerning um, to see what resonates with you most as you're naming and, and considering what's true of me. Is, is that how I experience the world? Is that why I do the things that I do? Um, is that part of my fear and how I that shows up for me? And so that discernment process. Okay, so you said pick the top three. So whichever one you end up landing on the strongest would be like your main Enneagram type. And then what are wings? Yeah. Are those so, two? Mm -hmm. so, so every, um, everyone has one dominant Enneagram type. You've always had that type. You always will have that type. Um, and so narrowing it down in those top three is really just to help kind of uh, narrow it from not having to pay attention to all nine. Um, those other two numbers that end up in your top three that are not your dominant type, once you discern that, there's probably some correlation as to why they ended up in your top three, which is part of what um, a teacher can kind of explain to you the correlations. Um, your wings though, are the two numbers that are next to your type around the circumference of the circle. So if you've ever seen the, the diagram of the Enneagram, um, the numbers are all lined out in the circumference of the circle. So for me, I identify as a type eight. And so the two numbers next to me is a nine and a seven. And so I as an eight have a wing of a seven or a nine. You also can have balanced wings. And so what a wing means is that you have some of the tendencies of that type. You know, So for me, I've been a nine wing. And so even though my dominant underlying motivation is the type eight, um, I have some nine tendencies. I use that nine wing to kind of cover over some of my eightness at times to be a little bit more socially acceptable. Um, and so, but it's part of, it's part of a resource for me. It balances out my type um, in the same way that seven would also help to balance out my type and, and give some, some more space to play and spontaneity rather than being so um, intense and for momentum with the work that I'm doing and, and that type of thing. So both of those balance you out, um, but you also can have balanced wings where you are drawing a little bit from that seven, for me, a little bit from that nine. Um, and, and so it's just another way to kind of name some of the intricacies and differences between, you know, multiple people that are type eight, why they might show up differently. Okay. Yeah. So when I, when I see the Enneagram being um, like written, I see people only say one wing. So for you, mm -hmm. is that nine? Is that what you said? Yes. Yep. So if I, if, if someone was asking me or I was, you know, typing it out, then I would say, eight W nine. So eight wing nine. Mm -hmm. Um, but sometimes people will say, you know, eight balanced wings and they, they would type it out that way too. Okay. And that would mean that they have a balance of wing between seven and nine also. Mm -hmm. Yep. Okay. Yep. They can see a little bit of both of those tendencies. Okay. I never knew yeah. you could do that. Um, mm -hmm. so what drew you to the Enneagram originally? Yeah. So uh, before uh, moving into Enneagram work as my central work, uh, I worked in student development in a university setting. So for the past 10 years before this, I worked in student development, specifically in um, housing with you know, kind of the extracurricular side of academia. And um, personality systems was always part of the work that we were doing, trying to to help students step into um, their identity, to take some ownership of who they are and how they show up in the world, helping them navigate relationships and, and manage their emotions and, and some of these aspects that are part of the development theories that I studied in my master's. 
Um, but when I discovered the Enneagram, it completely changed the way that I did my work. Um, for so long, I would, you know, have these development theories writing in the back of my mind, hoping that I was saying something remotely helpful as I was, you know, talking with a student that was having a behavioral concern or even supervising, you know, the, the professional staff that I had. Um, but when I discovered the Enneagram, it felt like I had um, almost this secret insight into understanding why people were showing up in the way that they were, and also um, an incredibly deep compassion for their experience. You know, there are some aspects of the Enneagram uh, that can feel like a little bit of an ouch moment when you hear them, especially about your own type. Mm -hmm. And so having that and holding that gently and with compassion, um, instead of being so frustrated when someone wasn't doing something the way that I would, or so annoyed, or just assuming they were a jerk, for the first time, it was like I had this new lens to look at them and to consider, you know, maybe they're not the worst person ever. Maybe they're they're really scared and this situation is causing that anxiety. Maybe they are really insecure and that is coming out in arrogance. Maybe, you know, they feel really left out and that's coming in, in them being overly assertive. Um, and so just this new level of, of compassion and awareness. Um, and so it was so helpful, so helpful in my work. Yeah, that sounds... Like, that's how I felt when I first heard about the Enneagram was like, whoa, wait, I need everyone to take this test because <laughs> I need to know everything because it really does allow, even at my extremely limited knowledge of it, it allows for like definitely a deeper understanding of what that human is, I guess, motivated by, right? Is that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. So if you um, take the Enneagram test and you do it the the most effective way, like with a teacher or um, on someone's like verified site, like yours, for example, and you get a certain Enneagram number, the person who sent in this question said, for example, if someone's a six, can they ever be a two? Mm -hmm. So everyone has one dominant Enneagram number and it will not change. Okay. Um, but there are often reasons as to why your top three numbers are those top three numbers. So for example, if her two highest numbers was a two and a six, well, one of the correlations between those numbers is that they're both in the dutiful stance, which is how they move through the world. Um, those two numbers have a strong sense of um, responsibility towards others, towards um, how they are moving uh, in relationship and in connection to others. And so often those are common mistypes as people are navigating and learning more, but especially if you're taking it from a test because your behaviors can look really similar. Um, but for others, there might be experiences where they will feel like, you know, at work, I feel like I'm a three, but at home, I feel like I'm a nine. Mm -hmm. And that has more to do with your movement across the diagram. So when you look at the diagram and there's all those interconnected lines, every line that is connecting one number to another number is signifying a relationship. And so in that example of, you know, I feel like I go to work and I'm a three, but at home I'm a nine, well, you're moving between your stress and security points. Um, and so you have not changed, your underlying motivation is the same, um, but the, the behavior and kind of how that's coming up um, it's just going to feel different because you're kind of moving across the diagram and you're not actually moving. You're not changing numbers. Mm -hmm. um, you're just taking on some of that, the energy of those other numbers. Okay. So I don't have a picture of the diagram in front of me, but I think I remember them. Do they go directly across or like a little bit of an angle? 
Mm -hmm. So um, they they go all over the place, basically. Let me see. If okay. I, have, I have so many books. I was imagining like that you said that they were the two numbers that pretty much like sandwiched mm -hmm. your number. Yeah. But so, talking about like a nine and a three and those seem a little more spread. Right. Yeah. So it's not directly across. Um, I feel like I should definitely have a diagram for you to be able to look at. But anyways, so it's not directly across the three, six and nine actually create a triangle. Okay. Um, so those three are, are connected without any connection to the other numbers. And then the other numbers, um, so you can kind of see it a little bit. Yeah. So the other three number or the other seven number or um, uh, six numbers then, sorry, um, are all connected in a different way. Um, but it is, it's not directly across. So, yeah. I just remembered the lines. And so, yeah, but that makes sense that they would not mm -hmm. all be directly. Um, I was, before we, before we finish part one, I wanted to, I took a video of what everyone was that had told me what Enneagram they were if they knew on my Instagram. And my audience there is essentially we're all teachers or teacherpreneurs as like, you know, some people call it. So like those would be like teachers with like side hustles, um, pushing to do like beach body or pushing to do Monat, Monat, yeah. I don't know how to, um, other things aside from being a teacher. And so we have three wing two, two, Nine wing one, two wing three, three, five, nine wing one, one wing nine, one, seven, three, two, two. So like a lot of twos, threes, ones. And then we have one six wing five and another two wing three. Mm -hmm. um, I know you don't specifically work with teachers, but is there any insight that you might have about um, underlying motivations for people in the teaching profession and what their Enneagram might provide insight to. Yeah, for I sure. I don't know how well I put that question, but. No, you're okay. You're okay. And also, sorry if you can hear the storm. We're having a crazy storm in Nashville tonight. Okay. Um, so I was at the ambiance, the intense ambiance so that's creating. Um, so uh, I, um, I guess a year ago now did a workshop with a group of teachers. It was about like, 60 teachers, including administration. And one of the sessions we broke up into type groups, which essentially you get into a group with other people of your Enneagram type and you go through questions and, and it's a really helpful experience because it's one of those spaces where you feel incredibly known, like the little things about you that feel quirky and crazy. They're actually not someone else does those same things. Um, but in that experience, it was really interesting to see that there was definitely a cluster of more types than there were of others. Um, and so in general, there were a lot more of those in the, the dutiful stand. So that's ones, twos, and sixes. Um, but then there were additionally a lot of numbers that were three. So that is our, our high achievers, the, um, sometimes they're called the achiever or the performer. And so in general, it's not that certain Enneagram types are destined for a job or that other types can't be a teacher, um, but there are uh, certain skill sets that Enneagram types possess that will be drawn to certain careers. So in general, um, it is not very surprising that there would be a lot of um, ones, twos, and threes in 
a teaching environment, ones and twos and sixes because of this orientation towards um, responsibility and towards connection, um, this orientation towards just being in a helping profession, right? Mm -hmm. And um, for threes, more of an orientation towards accomplishing, right? There's a lot of um, objective and tasks and we have to complete this and it's high pace. We got to, especially in your first year, like you're constantly creating your own curriculum every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just from having teacher friends, not because I've been a teacher, but, um, but I, so those type of tendencies can be really drawn into that space, but it doesn't mean that, you know, that a seven isn't an excellent teacher and a nine or a five aren't also excellent teachers. Um, sometimes organizations will just have certain personalities clustered to them. And so, yeah. Okay. That is helpful to know. When I took the test, I took it online. So I'm not sure if I'm for sure this, but when I took it, I got three wing two. And so hearing you say that it does make sense um, Mm -hmm. for me personally, and hopefully whoever is listening (laughs) for them too. But um, I do think that a lot of times, I think that those are things that definitely drew me to the profession was like, being an achiever, there's, there is always something to do. There is always something to be done. You really have to make the like active choice to turn your brain off. That was Mm -hmm. something I really struggled with. Um, and then also I really am drawn to the connection of the profession too. So yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, so if someone wanted to dive deeper, um, where can they find out more? Mm -hmm. So the best place, so there's lots of books. I will start there, but the best place to learn about the Enneagram is in communities. So um, at this point now that so many things are virtual with COVID, you know, still kind of underway, um, there's lots of different opportunities of workshops that are online. So all my workshops now that I do are all online and it is one really helpful to learn about the Enneagram from someone that's been certified and trained in that work um, because the system is is so big. There's just so much to it. There's so much nuance um, that it takes a while to really wrap your mind around it enough to be able to teach it well. And so looking for someone that is um, certified in the work that they do and that they have extensive training in that. Um, But also learning it in community is very, very helpful too, because you might read something on paper, but unless that instantly makes you think of your mother-in-law or your friend or your boss, it's hard to really like put flesh on it. Um, And so when you are in workshops with others that are there and they're sharing about their experience of being a one or their experience of being an eight, um, it really breathes life into the number in a way that you can kind of grasp it. Um, and, and understand more how to better relate or to be curious about their experience or even just to empathize and as you're trying to navigate the many relationships that our life is comprised of. Um, and so learning in community is one of the best ways to do that. Um, and, and doing that, especially if you have a chance to do uh, workshops and things like that, it, it is so helpful to do it that way. Okay. And then I saw, so if someone did want to dive deeper and they could visit your page. Do you, ha- you have your website linked? And I also saw you have a bunch of stories, um, mm-hmm. a bunch of story highlights. Yes. Um, tons of information too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And I, especially for people that are newer to the Enneagram. So whether you know your number or you're completely new, um, I have a virtual workshop that is starting on Monday, actually, that, and it'll be probably one of the last ones that I do because I will start doing things more locally in Nashville once things are more open here. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's a really great space to jump into. It's a four week like workshop series and that's linked in my Instagram, but then the, my website is also linked there as well. Okay, 
cool. Yeah. So, okay. That might be fun to actually jump into. Uh, I'll, I'll need mm-hmm. to, I'll need to go and check that out. <laughs> for sure. And it's, it's honestly too, one of the things that I've been telling people is, you know, it's much more cost effective than when I start doing things in person, because, you know, Nashville is a cool place to come to, but then you are paying to get here and to stay here. And then it's more expensive to be here for a weekend workshop. Whereas if you're just trying to dip your toe in and, and figure out a little bit more to start as a framework, um, this is a really great, great way to do that. So That wraps up part one of us exploring the Enneagram with Abby. You can find Abby on Instagram at Enneagram Space. Stay tuned for part two where she shows us how to take knowing about the Enneagram into integrating the Enneagram into our everyday lives through our relationships, our professional life, and our personal life. Until next time.